Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode 71. For those who have not yet subscribed to the podcast, I invite you to do so so you do not miss an episode. And for those who are relatively new, thanks for checking us out. We're up to episode 71, so we've got a lot of great episodes to explore. Everyone is unique and special and a great guest. In this episode, no exception, we're joined by Rob Dubay, and you are in for a treat. He is the co-founder, owner, and board chair of his company, Image One. Image One has been recognized as a top 25 small business in all of America on the list of Forbes Small Giants and an Inc. Magazine Best Places to Work and is the number one top workplace in Michigan. Rob is a visionary and CEO of the 10 Disciplines for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy, which is a coaching program that helps entrepreneurs build the inner foundation to maximize their impact in business and in life. Rob is also the host of the Leading with Genuine Care podcast, so he's doing a lot, and we're going to learn a lot. Now, what can you expect to learn from this podcast? Well, if you want to become a more effective leader, you are in the right place. Rob's going to give you some insights that you probably haven't heard before. Also, if you want practical tips on disciplines you can put into place to help manage and maximize your energy, I hope you have a pen and a piece of paper handy, because Rob brings it and backed up by his experiences in building and scaling companies and with decades in leadership. I'm excited that you're here. You're going to walk away from this conversation with a fresh take on leadership and entrepreneurship and how you can be an even better, stronger leader. So now let's not wait any longer. You just tuned in to episode 71. And here is Rob Dubay. Rob, welcome to the show. It is really good having you here. I love being here, Darren. Thank you for inviting me. And I, even just the name of the podcast got me curious. I was wondering if you were going to dare me, but I think I'm, you're playing off your name, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, yeah. there's that, but also at the end of each, heads up, at the end of each podcast, I always ask our guests, what's Uh-oh. your I dare you challenge for all yeah, of us? So know, start thinking. I know, I know, no, I already have done. <laughs> all right. So listen, you've done a ton with your professional career. Tell us a little bit more about, about your background. I started young. I had the entrepreneurial bug bit me at 14. My best friend and I started selling blow pop lollipops out of our locker in the ninth grade. (laughs) Great margins, by the way. And I I know your audience can relate to that. There are a million stories like that. And that's why I like to tell it. Um, We stuck together, the two of us in 1991, when we graduated college, we started a business and we were selling toner cartridges for laser printers. (laughs) And can you believe it? 30 something years later, the business is still around. Um, We actually sold it in 2004 to a public company and then had a unique opportunity to buy it back uh, 18 months later, which we did. Interesting. And uh, at that time, we were really reevaluating our culture, our company's culture. And we were inspired by a book called Small Giants, Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big. Doesn't mean they wouldn't be big, but great was going to be the 
the main focus. And, and through that inspiration and from the author, Bo Burlingham, we just put all of our energy and our focus into building a unique place to work that uh, revolved around genuine care for everyone, every day, every time. And that's what we've been doing since 2006. Um, we are getting a little older. I'm 53 now. And uh, we play, put a succession plan in place a few years ago and, and now have a CEO a very capable CEO who's taking the company to uh, the greater heights and new places as uh, my business partner and I are off doing other things. Really cool. Well, yeah. I remember the book, uh, Small Giants. We were later recognized by Forbes magazine as one of the top 25 small giant companies in America. So the book spawned and created a community and then a partnership at the time with Forbes where they were having a list of companies that kind of Very fit cool. the criteria. Yeah. As entrepreneurs, I think we're in a unique position to make a difference in people's lives. And so people that come to and are people that make the choice to come work at our companies, yours included, um, that's their choice. Yeah. And uh, they're making a commitment to us and we're making a commitment to them. So it goes two ways. And of course, they have families and extended people in their lives. And we have this unique opportunity and i've heard much uh, we were speaking earlier about the a bit about your company and the culture there which sound you know it's really remarkable actually mm -hmm. and um and so what ends up happening is you you end up being able to make a difference in so many people's lives and i think for us we just started to realize that we had some responsibility there and, and in a really wonderful way, you know, not a heavy way. It was a wonderful way. We could build a company and really help to enhance the lives of those around us. And there are many companies, uh, some are under the radar, some are more well-known that are doing that in this world. And it's really cool. No, I, I, I love that. And I just was talking to uh, an entrepreneur just about a week ago and he, his point was this, um, you know, when you're building a company, sometimes profit and um, sales gets a bit of a bad rap in, in, in today's society. But for those who are building a business and have built a business, the way that you are, as you said, enhancing lives, it's pretty profound. I mean, the ripple effect, more than just a paycheck, but how you can help them become their very, very best. And you've done it. I haven't. Mm -hmm. But how, how have you seen that play out in your career? Well, one of my favorite stories that I like to share is uh, a mentor of mine by the name of Jack Stack. And Jack wrote a book called The Great Game of Business. So he looked at business as a game and he he huh. was his main, you know, um, skill in this world. I mean, he has many skills, but his main one back when he was younger and getting it, becoming an entrepreneur was finance. And so he bought a manufacturing company in Springfield, Missouri. Missouri. And when he did that, they were struggling. And he went in and he said to the team, which there was about 120 people, uh, about 80 were in the manufacturing side of the business. Many barely had a high school degree, very few, if any, college degrees. And he said, look, I know finance, you know manufacturing, so I'm going to teach you finance and you teach me manufacturing. So hmm. what he did was he taught them how the business operates through the numbers. And through that, he also taught them personal financial literacy. 
So business financial literacy, personal financial literacy. And that became uh, a success story for them. They turned the company around and now they have, I don't know, a couple thousand, two, 3,000 employees with, with uh, 20 different businesses under their umbrella in Springfield, Missouri. And he's inspired many people like myself to do the same thing. So coming around to what we did at Image One was the exact same thing. We went and we opened up our books after many years and we taught people how the business operates and wow. how they can really make a difference because now they have the tools and the knowledge to understand that when I do X, it can actually have an effect on our profitability or lack thereof. And so they're empowered now because they're educated. There's nothing to hide. You do yeah. better when you do that. And then, you know, finance is a source of stress for so many people, but when you it teach is. them, you know, how to approach it and how to get comfortable with it, um, it's it's very powerful. So now they feel a weight off their shoulders because they're learning simple things. I mean, even some people just like budgeting for their families and right. saving for the future, et cetera, all those kinds of things. So that's one example um, uh, to answer your question of you know that can be quite impactful for for a team. Wow, that takes some that takes some courage for the company to do that and. <laughs> And I'm just thinking through what that might look like for and for myself and for others listening in. But the but the outcome of that had to be just an increase in trust. I mean, if I'm if I'm on the receiving end of that, I feel I feel really um, yeah I feel really honored. Or I'm in. I'm part mm -hmm. of this team now, and I'm part of the solution. You're right. You yeah. know, I'll use an example of March of 2020 when the pandemic really took hold and our business is servicing offices oh and there's nobody in their offices. So, you know, we all had to gather on Zoom because obviously we couldn't go out and see each other and be together like we normally are. And we had a leg up because everyone understood the finances of the business. So there was nothing to get people up to speed on. It was a real, I mean, it was a very challenging time and a very difficult conversation about yeah. how we would have to tighten things up, but everybody understood. It was super clear. Nobody was confused about anything because they completely understood how the numbers work. And I also like to think that hopefully they were a little bit more prepared personally for this kind of thing to happen as well. So because of what we've taught them. Great example of how companies can really do good in this world. So this commitment to helping people become their best, it hasn't stopped with your company, Image One. Tell me about the 10 disciplines. Sure. What is it and why is it so important to you and to others? Sure. So just for context, I'm partnered with a person by the name of Gina Wickman, who is very well known in the entrepreneurial community for a book that he wrote called Traction. It has sold well over a million copies and his library books have sold over 2 million copies. Uh, he's also the founder of EOS Worldwide, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. The mm -hmm. two of us met very early on in his journey and a bit in ours, and uh, he we were one of his first clients. What he does with EOS and through the book Traction is he teaches business owners and entrepreneurs how to get control of their business. So now there are over 200,000 companies utilizing EOS as a business platform uh, worldwide. 
Now, Gino, over uh, his many years, had started um, realizing he was living his life through these 10 different things, which now yeah. are called disciplines. We've now called them disciplines. And they were helping him to manage and maximize his energy, hence the name, the 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing his ener your energy. Hmm. And uh, we focus on entrepreneurs and uh, people who usually have had a good deal of success. We like to say you've reached the top of the mountain, you're scanning out there, you have things, you've done things, you've had unique experiences. Um, you know, you, you, you've had uh, accolades from your business. You're proud as you should yeah. be, by the way. Um, and you're noticing that it still feels kind of empty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we're moving you towards building a foundation to do the inner work in your life. So you can really become your true self and have both a greater impact in the world and find greater peace. And so that 10 disciplines is the foundation for that. And as I mentioned, this is a program that is a self-study and also a live group coaching program that uh, is um, that where we teach this so they can build the foundation um, to what I spoke about before. I learned about um, the book Traction in a kind of an unusual oh, you way. Did? Yeah. Oh, so here, here, here's what happened. I was out in Portland, Oregon. I was at the Apple store. Okay. In Portland, downtown, downtown, a pioneer place, a huge Apple store. And I met this young man who works for Apple, and he was helping me upgrade my iPhone. I got talking to him about what he's doing, and he's working at Apple. But he, he was doing it to learn about the about business, everything from supply chain to he was taking a rotational assignment in the um, in in the marketing team in back in Cupertino, and now he's back in Portland. And I said, what? What what do you what are you trying to accomplish with your career and with your life? And he was saying, "Well, I'm 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 doing a startup. I'm trying to get my company off the ground." I was just impressed with this young man. I said, "Tell me, what is what's the best book you've read lately?" I'm just curious. And he the first book he mentioned was Traction. Jeez. Oh, and and I said, "Tell me about this book." And he articulated some of the very same things that that you brought up. But I just commend that 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 young man who was working at wow. Apple. You know, and along with working at Apple to give him cash flow, he was taking some of that money then into his startup, but then also using some of the principles that he was learning through traction. So I mm -hmm. want to share that with you about the ripple effect of this concept. And mm -hmm. it may not be unusual. You probably hear stories like that all the time. I do hear them all the time, but they're, I love hearing them all the time. Because yeah. it does show you the ripple. And oh boy, I'd love to know what he, this gentleman you met with, what he's up to. I bet you <laughs> something special. It sounds like a great guy. No, he is. He is. So now the, the 10 disciplines, I, yes. I'm looking at them right here. What yeah. do we need to know about these 10 disciplines? I'd like to know, my question is, do you have a few that are your, your standout sure. for you as the visionary behind this? Sure. First, these will sound simple to many of your listeners and maybe even to you. Well, you've read them. So they sound simple on the surface. Surface. But bringing, um, implementing them in your life is not as simple as it seems. And where they are most powerful is when they are brought all together as one. So this is the important context I want everyone to remember. They sound simple. Um, they are more complex than they seem individually. And bringing them all together 
again, more complex, but that's where the true power is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to go through them very fast. The first one is 10 year thinking where you shift your mind from short-term thinking to thinking in 10 year timeframes. The second is take time off where we encourage you to take at least 130 days off per year and not think about work the entire time. (laughs) The third is know thyself. Be you 100% of the time, 24 7, 365. The fourth, be still, sit in silence for at least 30 minutes every day. The fifth is know your 100%. Decide on and commit to the perfect number of hours per week and weeks per year that you will deliver your value to the world. The sixth is say no often. Say no to anything that doesn't fit in those first five disciplines I just read. Number seven is don't do $25 an hour work. So never do anything you could pay someone $25 an hour to do. (laughs) The eighth, prepare every night before your head hits the pillow every night. Document the next day's plan. Nine, put everything in one place. And this is picking the one place you capture every idea, commitment, thought, action item, and promise. And the last is be humble. View yourself as an equal to every person on the planet. Okay. So with those in mind, I'm actually going to start with the first one because that's the foundation to the foundation. Okay. And it is 10 year thinking. So we live in a world where we are go, go, go now, now, now. I need it now. I'm running out of time. I need it now. And so what we're here to encourage you to do is to begin to think in 10-year timeframes. For some, that's challenging. So if it's too far in the future, try five years. Some like to go even further, 20, 30 years, 100 years even some people do. So thinking out into the future and what does your life look like? It can be a really simple statement. It could be five or six bullet points, or it could be a vivid story that explains exactly what the future looks like for you as if you're sitting there at this moment. So they all work. And once you're clear about what it looks like in 10 years from now, you start making decisions that align with that. So you're not running by the seat of your pants anymore. You're very clear about what you're going. Simple example, maybe you have a significant other. And if you do, and you have a vision for in 10 years that you have a very close and loving, unjudgmental relationship together, But today you're not treating that person well. You're not aligning with your 10-year vision. So you pause and you say, in 10 years, if I want to have that kind of relationship, I can't act this way. I need to start changing now. Same thing in your business. You want to have X number of employees, X number of revenue, X number of this, that, whatever it is that's important to you. Maybe you have lifetime goals. You want to go on a safari. You want to do this. Whatever these things are, you start working your way towards them. Because when you think in 10-year timeframes, time actually slows down. You don't have to go, go, go anymore. You don't have to rush. You don't need it this minute. And so when that happens, your mind becomes clear. And when your mind's clear, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, a really funny thing happens. You get there faster. <laughs> so you're sure 10 enough. year, and all of a sudden it's four years from now and you're on your safari. <laughs> you're like, how did that happen? 
Yeah. I, I like that. And what, what my mind went when you were saying that is sometimes when we're moving so fast and we don't have that clear thought process, we may be chasing a goal or climbing a mountain and we get to the top of the mountain and we realize we just climbed the wrong mountain. <laughs> right? Yes. Darren, good one. That so is I, so right. So I think that you're onto something in this 10-year thinking. Give, give me a little coaching here, Rob, though. If I'm thinking of 10 years out and you know, I'm, let's just say I, I, I'm very busy. I'm a young dad. I've got kids and I'm just trying to pay the mortgage. And my, my 10 year plan is not that ambitious. In other words, I'm really quite stuck. I'm stuck. Mm. And uh, how would you, how would you give us some insight or advice into how to kind of break some of those shackles off and think about what life could be like in 10 years? That's a decade. You could do a lot in those 10 years, but how do you, how do you dream big enough? Um, I think you know where I'm going. What, what do yeah. you think? Well, first, let me just say, I think you this kind of, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about discipline number three, which is know thyself. So if you are ambitious, wonderful. But if 10 years and, and you know, thinking that you need to accomplish all that, whatever all that is, feels like a source of stress and anxiety for you, scale it back. Determine what level of ambition you want in your life. And once you determine that, you're clear. Uh It's okay. You don't have to compare yourself to everyone else. You don't have to climb the biggest mountain. If you want a simple life, have a simple life. And see that for 10 years from now, you know, maybe 10 years from now means I'm just going to buckle down. I'm going to be at every one of my kids games. I'm going to pay off my mortgage. And in 10 years, when my kids are off and running, I'm just going to have a simple life in my, you know, simple home in my simple town with my wonderful spouse. It can be that simple and it could be more ambitious. Go for right. it. Climb the, climb the top of the mountain, you know, whatever you know about yourself, but be really clear. And, and I always encourage people, notice how your body feels when you start to create your plans. So kind of feel into your body, pause. Your body tells you a lot. We, we're very mind-oriented, which is good. I mean, be yeah. mind-oriented. We need to have that logic and the facts but also tap into your heart and tap into your gut, your intuition and notice what it's telling you. And then you'll get some absolute clarity. This document that you're creating, whether it's a sentence or a bullet points or a vivid vision, it is fluid. It's a working document, as they say. So once you're done, you're not done. Yeah. <laughs> you're always reviewing it. In fact, we share with our clients and encourage them to read it 10 minutes every week. That's all you got to take. Read it and say, am I still in love with this or is something not resonating? In the first couple of months, it might resonate. And then six months later, it might not so much. You might make a little change here or there, et cetera. And uh, and so that's how you can kind of craft this life for yourself in the future while being in the present moment. I think that's good. Uh, I get to touch base on the 10 minutes every week. See how it feels, and do you need to make any adjustments? The other thing I'll mention is that when when I I said, "How do you think bigger?" Your response was really insightful for me because it doesn't necessarily mean you need to though start a brand new company or do. 
if whatever, whatever, knowing yourself, if it is that simple life, whatever that is, honor that. You know, when we're young, we start to understand, you know, some of our skill sets, what we're kind of good at and what we're not good at. And we're starting to refine that and kind of getting into our sweet spot. Right. Then we might do things like um, we might do some personality profiles. And there are many out there and they're all very good and very different. We recommend take as many as you can start learning about yourself and your MO. And then we might go out and get a little vulnerable. We might go to five or 10 people who are closest to us and say, hey, what are my strengths in this world? And what yeah. are my weaknesses in this world? And then we start to you know, keep getting closer and closer to understanding ourselves better. And this isn't like a two-month thing. This is like a lifetime thing that you'll be doing, you know, and really always getting closer to yourself, always understanding who you are. You know, we, one of our clients once said, I, I, he was quite proud when he shared this. He said, when I go into a, a situation, I'm like a chameleon. I can fit into any situation and fit in really well. And it's been the key to my success. Oh yeah. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I said, well, listen, the, the world wants to see the real you. They don't yeah. want to see the chameleon. No, they, they don't. don't see the chameleon. So when you walk away, they're wondering who you really are. They want to see, we like to say, let your freak flag fly, be goofy, be silly, be serious, whatever it is you are, yeah. be that. You know, and people love the uniqueness of you and they, and they feel that energy and they're, they're drawn to it. So mm -hmm. that's all about know thyself. You know, that is a truth bomb there for, especially for the young, <laughs> I don't care who you, what age you are, but I'm thinking of that knowing yourself 24 seven is a fantastic goal to have. That's not, as you said, it's not a quick process, but if you're looking for one takeaway so far for those listening that is the fantastic one. Uh, uh, Rob, I, I've worked with leaders and for leaders that they are, they are different people on stage when they're presenting to a group of people. They are different. They're, <laughs> I'm thinking of a couple. They're warm. They're friendly. They are this persona. And then offstage in a different environment, it is, it is the exact opposite. And that doesn't help them become a, a better leader. In fact, it's a value conflict for everyone working around them. You have seen that as well, I'm sure, in your leadership experience, have you not? Of course, of course. And, you know, I think that we become wired, uh, you know, first of all, let me go way back. We're born, okay? <laughs> and we are our true selves. We're our unique self. And then everyone starts changing us. In business, we see it all the time. You know, when, when we go to a client, we're a different person. And when we're with our, our kids or our spouses or our family members, all of a sudden, our client wouldn't even recognize us. Sometimes with sometimes we treat our clients better than we treat our families. Isn't that the truth? You know? And yeah. so, yes, come to your true self and be that person all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's 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 so much there. I was talking to someone at, at work and mm -hmm. she was saying that there's sometimes when she gets so stressed at work that, you know, her she knows that her her family is not seeing the best side of her. 
And right. the her colleagues are seeing the best side of her. And clearly it's it's on her mind as, as it should be. So yes, yes, I think that's a fantastic takeaway. So, uh, tell me, uh, Rob, for you of all these 10, which one do you find yourself really needing to really make sure you're you're staying disciplined and staying with it? Boy, that is such a good question. And it's been... <laughs> I hate to say this, but it is take time off. Yeah, and, um, me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I've become more and more disciplined now. I do have two startups that I'm working on. So that has really played a little bit of havoc on uh, my, my time off. But we like to say this, as when, when, when you are doing a little bit more than you're used to doing or than you uh, than you want to do. So I want to have 130 days off and not think about work the entire day. Yeah. As long as you see light at the end of the tunnel, it's okay. So sometimes we have situations in our lives where there may be a period, a season, so to speak, you know, three or six months where we're going to go really hard, but we know there's light at the end of the tunnel. So for example, in my case, I do have light at the tunnel coming up here for a full week where I'm going to be away on a retreat. And there then I go. have a, and then I have a sabbatical all of August, no work, not thinking about work the entire time. So I do have lights at the end of the tunnel. And that's the important thing. Don't be hard on yourself, but make sure there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's great. I appreciate your vulnerability on that answer. For me, I'm looking at the list. Say no oh, often. <laughs> I tell you, for a high achiever, it's difficult to do. And uh, I, I'm going to give you just uh, giving your take on that. But it's something that I struggle with. I bet a lot of people listening are are in that same boat. Why is yeah. saying no often such well, a danger? You know, first of all, we live in kind of that FOMO culture, fear of missing out. Um, we, a lot of us just want to help. We like, <laughs> we care about people. We care about situations and we feel we can add value. And by the way, we can. Yeah. And so it's hard for us to say no, because we, we, we're needed and we want to be there. But we, this is where other disciplines come into play. Know thyself, taking time off, knowing you're 100%. These things become very important because we get very clear in tenure thinking, by the way, we get very clear about what activities we're doing that bring the most impact in the world. And yeah. so that's the question where you have to pause and you, meaning your listeners, yourself, myself, where we have to pause and say, is this going to bring greatest impact in the world as much as I would love to do it? It would be joyful actually to do it. It's not, I'm taking away impact I could be making by doing this. And to soften it a little, we always encourage taking about five to 10 minutes versus let's say somebody asks you to be on a board of directors. Yes. That's a big commitment and you can't, yeah. you can't make the commitment. You know, it's not in the best interest of making greatest impact in the world. Take, take 10 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Think about people in your circles that would be great fits for the board of directors. Mm -hmm. And instead of just saying no, you provide them with a list of really qualified, excellent candidates. So you did some good in the world. You help them in some way, just not 100% of the way they wanted you to. So there are a lot of ways to say no gracefully yes. and still help. That's great. That's a great takeaway. I've also been trying to do more of a no, not right now. In other words, there are times when That's I great. could do it three months or six months, but also the when it's a no, not ever, 
trying just to say no. I, right. it, I just, and that's, I tell you, it's, I'm still practicing it, Rob, but it feels so good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for now, saying that. Now I'm not thinking about it all the time. It's just, it's this narrative, this loop coming back and just get it over with. Say that's right. no. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I love that you say how good it feels because that's, we actually teach that you learn that all of a sudden how freeing it is. Because remember, this is about managing and maximizing your energy. Yeah. And so when you're able to say no and you feel free, that's helping to maximize your energy. Well, Rob, this I can see it here. Everything connects to everything else and very intriguing. Uh, where where would we go to follow you and the 10, 10 disciplines? Where would we go to learn more? Just very simply, the10disciplines.com. And it's all right there. Before I ask your I Dare You Challenge for all of us, you mentioned, you referenced, you're going to a retreat, and I'm yes. a big fan of prioritizing retreats. And if I may ask, sir, what type of retreat are you going to? And is that part of what you do, yeah. kind of a yes. rhythm of retreat? Yeah, and of course you can ask. So I go on two silent retreats every year for seven to 10 days. Wow. And uh, this is where I obviously don't speak, and I'm in silence, and you... Uh, Sometimes I'm by myself, which in the, that will be the case in March. Sometimes it's part of a group. And I've been doing this for over 10 years. And, uh, and so, yes, um, that that is what that's all about. That is really cool. I, I went to a, a Jesuit retreat once in St. Yes. Louis. Okay. It's, it was a silent retreat for three days, and it was mm. life-changing. Um I mean, in so many ways. So good for you. A retreat, prioritizing that, whatever that means to you is a really good takeaway. So thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay, Rob, I'm a dying for this. Um, the I Dare You Challenge this time. I dare you to do what? What, what? what do you think? What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to go back to uh, one of the disciplines, but there are numerous that I would actually go to for this challenge. But the one that people seem to have the biggest challenge with is not just the idea of taking time off, but doing it without thinking about work the entire time, which means you do not check your email. You do not check in with the office. You do not text with your team members. You do not read business books. You do not read business blogs or, or you know any of this stuff. You are completely gone from business clearing your mind 100% of business. So that would be my dare. Okay. That is a great dare because I can't, I'm thinking about, I've never done that before. It's been decades since I've done that. And I thank you for calling it out that way. And so, okay, that, that is a great I dare you challenge, Rob. So thank you for that. Absolutely. All right, Rob, this has been a lot of fun uh, getting to know you and learning more about the 10 disciplines. So many great insights here. Uh, if you're open to it, I'd love, love to have you back on so we can go a little bit deeper into some of those, some of these steps we didn't uh, have a chance to get into. So anytime, Darren, for having me. You're a wonderful host and I really enjoyed speaking with you. Okay, that was Rob Dubay. What an opportunity that was to learn from an entrepreneur who has done it and continues to do it the right way. Leading mindfully. What a thoughtful leader he is. So what was your biggest takeaway? I've got a bunch of things that, that I take from this conversation. A couple that just stick out to me has to do with the rhythm of retreat. If you have not done so yet in your career, getting away, it doesn't have to be a full sabbatical, but it could be a three or four day retreat 
lot of different options exist out there. I've been to a few, and they are life-changing because it allows you to, with intent, recharge and reset. And you come back to your career, you come back to your role, it doesn't have to be the career, you come back to your role refreshed and more focused than ever. And if you're thinking, I don't have time to go on a retreat, that might be a sign that you need a retreat. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And then the other big takeaway for me is the reminder of the art of saying no. The higher you go up in leadership, the more important it is for you to say no. That allows you, actually it forces you, to prioritize the most important things in your life and in your business. So if you ask me to do something and if I say no, all I need for you to say back to me is, congratulations, Darren, you're getting better at it. That is what I need to hear. So those are my two things. What are yours? And I dare you to implement that starting today. So now that you listen, who are you going to share this episode with? Might be one person, might be 10. Take that next step. Now, also be sure to follow us on Instagram at I Dare You Pod. There you'll find exclusive content you won't find anywhere else, including video snippets of this interview. Now, you know I drop a new episode every Tuesday. What you may not know is every Friday, I send out an email with key learnings from the podcast of the week or the previous weeks, things that you can implement in your leadership journey, things you can put into practice right away. So if that interests you, all you need to do is you go to idareyoupod.com. There you'll find a space enter email address and you're in and you'll get that email. And I promise not to abuse the privilege. I think you'll find value in it. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to episode 71. And next week, get ready for episode 72. We're going to continue another string of fantastic guests sharing sharp insights that will change the way you think about how you are taking next steps to reach your goals. I can't wait to see you back here next week on the I Dare You podcast. I'll see you then.